That was fun. That was fun. I actually love doing these because they feel like more of a conversation with the people that I actually want to talk to anyways. It's just our way, instead of meeting for lunch, we'll just meet for a podcast, right? Welcome to another episode of the Good and Grounded podcast. Uh, for those of you who've been listening, you know that the goal of this series is to highlight how to get grounded in the issues that are facing our Colorado community and the good that we can all do to support one another. I'm Jim Licko, co-founder and managing partner of the Denver-based digital marketing agency, Center Table. And I'm Laura Love, founder of the communications agency, Ground Floor Media, and co-founder with Jim of Center Table. And in this episode, we have the opportunity to connect with one of the most admired CEOs in Colorado. Christine Monero is president and CEO of the world's first United Way in the country. Mile High United Way invested more than 30 million in the Denver area. And Christine is no stranger to nonprofit leadership in the political world, having served as the CEO of American Red Cross in Denver and under two U.S. presidential administrations for Presidents Bill Clinton and George W. Bush. A few fun facts. Her walk-up song is Beautiful by Carole King. She is a Broadway musical lover and craves hot dogs with mustard, relish, and onions, chocolate-covered almonds, and malted milk balls. But my guess is she hasn't been eating a lot of bonbons these past six months. Welcome, Christine. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Jim. I'm thrilled to be at your at your table, but now all my secrets are out. <laughs> I, I just got hungry thinking about a nice, good hot dog with mustard and relish. Um, it, it's great to talk with you, Christine. Thanks for the time. Um, from my personal experience with you, you thrive with the biggest of challenges, which of course makes you so talented in what you do every day. Um, you know, according to the most recent annual report on philanthropy for 2019, um, charitable giving increased more than 4% last year, making it the second highest year for giving in history. But with the current uncertain philanthropic environment, what are you hearing from donors about how the virus has and probably will impact their giving this year? Jim, thanks for your kind words. And what I'm, what I think I've really learned over the past five months is that Colorado actually, in a very strange way, thrives in crisis. What has been extraordinary over the past five months is to watch how this community literally unites together in ways that I don't even think I would have predicted in coming. It is a very uncertain time, obviously, that goes without out saying. And I think we're all holding our breath around what charitable contributions and investments are going to look like going forward. But here's what's really interesting. When everything came to a, a stop on March 13th, we can all say where we were when we realized that the world had changed in front of our eyes, Coloradans and folks in the Denver metro area stepped up and said, we think this is going to be unprecedented time. What do we need to do together? And so over the past couple of months, we have seen contributions hold steady. Now, they have gone in different places because, as you mentioned earlier, Laura, you talked about food insecurity. At Mile High United Way, we run a 2-1-1 call center. And pre-COVID, we took about 300 calls a day up for, for folks saying, I'm having trouble feeding my kids or I don't know where to sleep at night. Three weeks into COVID, we were taking 2,000 phone calls a day because the world had changed for everybody. But you saw individuals and corporations step up and say, we need to invest. We need to be here for each other. 
The question becomes now is this goes longer than anybody ever expected. Are those charitable investments going to hold when we know that so many small businesses are struggling, so many big businesses are struggling, but I have such big belief in how Colorado will respond and how investors and donors will respond. It just might look very different and we might have to respond very differently. So that is a really long answer to we're all holding our breath to see what's gonna happen in the next couple months. I'm just curious, how are you and your partners, how are they mobilizing volunteer teams to sort of assist our neighbors in this new normal? We have had more requests for volunteers and volunteer opportunities than we had even previously and in such innovative and creative ways. So I think what's happening is we're all recognizing the need but we're learning how to do it in a very different way. This amazing podcast and these conversations, we wouldn't have done six months ago. We wouldn't have all been you know, sitting on a Zoom call with our phones and figuring out how to talk to each other, even though we're nowhere near each other in the same way. We're seeing that with volunteers as well. And because, heaven help many of us, we are all at home with our families 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, all of a sudden, volunteer opportunities with our children look differently. What can we do as a family to put together a um, early child care and education preschool kit for a family who doesn't have access to preschool supplies? What can we do as a family to write notes that go in the food boxes from the food bank of the Rockies? All of a sudden, we're seeing these virtual volunteer opportunities that didn't exist before and we're having even more people say, I understand now more than ever, my dollar's important, but my heart is important too right now. And what I love about this sector in our community is, is with all of the nonprofits that we work with in our own direct programs, no one once has taken their eye off their mission and have been willing to say, ugh, I don't know how to do that, but we're gonna figure it out. And that's to your original Question, Jim, where we see donors coming forward saying we want to be by you because we know this pandemic and everything that has happened this summer does not hit our community equitably. So how do we all, it's going to take every single one of us to get through what we're all going through together. Yeah, I, I love that. And that sentiment carries through not only with how we've been reacting to a global pandemic, but also to the events that have unfolded throughout the summer as well. Um, you know, back in June, former President Barack Obama wrote a very well-read Medium article that, you know, where he said, if we want to bring about real change, then the choice isn't between protest and politics. We have to do both. You've been extremely vocal about how we must stand united against the injustices and the cruelty and of systemic racism and, and how it will take effort and real work from all of us to, to get beyond that. If you could give us or the, the listeners one piece of advice or for any business leaders out there for taking that first step and tackling that issue, that super complex, heavy issue, what, what's your advice? And I think it's what I've learned this summer is to listen, truly, truly listen, but to listen to the stories that are not our own. Because my lived experience is not the lived experience of so many family members, community members, neighbors, 
in the Denver metro area and in the country. We can live in this city, in the same city, and not have the same experience by virtue of our color, our culture, our religion, or the neighborhood we live in. And so to truly take a step back and listen to understand, and then to be able to step forward and say, I want to do something, even if it's a small step, and even if I don't do it right the first time, to learn and listen and do it again. Because this is one that's going to be a long journey and is going to take all of us. Because if this pandemic has done anything and this summer done anything, is shine the light on things that have existed forever, but we have not taken on as a community and as, as individual business leaders. Early on in the interview with you, you mentioned, you know, Colorado is so incredible, right? You know, we come together, we unite in times of need. And I think when this first happened, you, your office, the um, governor's office and the Colorado Health Foundation, you quickly stood up our Colorado COVID relief fund. Describe to me what that experience was like for you. It was probably something I will be proud of my entire career because of, again, how entities that had known each other but not worked together stepped forward and each did our part and said, we're going to learn together, but here's what's most important. How do we get dollars out the door as fast as we can? The fact that the, the Colorado Governor's Fund with the Colorado Health Foundation and the United Way, we just finished our sixth round of funding. We have pushed out. It is extraordinary the amount of money that was quickly pushed out into the community. Again, with literally hundreds of volunteers who said, I'll help read. I'll help understand. How do we do this differently? And do you take a little bit of leap of faith of to say, we trust in this community. We trust if a community or a nonprofit or an organization raises their hand and says, this is what we're going to do. We trust that that's going to be be done. And what was very important from the beginning is that, again, we all realize that this pandemic has not hit communities equally or equitably. So to make those funding decisions with an, with an equity lens was critically, critically important for, for the governor, for the Colorado Health Foundation, for Mile High United Way, and for every person that contributed to that fund. Yeah, I was fortunate to be able to serve as one of the early reviewers, and I was amazed at how quickly it came together and the technology behind it. It was truly incredible. How much have you been able to give out thus far? We have given out over $20 million since the fund stood up, which is, which is truly, truly extraordinary. It's been six rounds. Laura, thank you for being a, a reviewer because it was fast and it was done in a way that we're like, we've none of us, the Colorado Health Foundation, certainly the governor's office in the United Way has never pushed that much money that quickly in a way where we can't meet people or send checks or do, we're doing it all by technology and we made it up, but we made it up with the purpose of serving our communities and serving the people of Colorado across the entire state. And, and that's why I always, and I love that you introduced us that way, Laura, that we were the first United Way in the world. That has everything to do with Coloradans. Mm, I love that. Any lesson learned from this experience for you? Life lesson? 
Oh, so many, <laughs> so many life lessons. But I think the two biggest lessons are is that I am blessed to live in an amazing state of people that really do come together and unite together when needed the most. And just when you think you can't do it, people rise up in ways you don't expect and we get it done. You've done so much great work. You've been at the forefront of all of this. And in this podcast, obviously, we want to bring these issues to light, but then we also kind of want to leave our listeners with a call to action. So now that we're beyond, we're getting into the fall here, we're beyond the summer, the initial way you mentioned, you know, where it's kind of a crapshoot. Where does thing, where do things go from here? Where, where do you see, what else is needed? How can people jump in at this point to support? Where, where's the biggest need exist for our community? Such a great question. And one of the things that we're seeing right now is the fact that so many of our children could not go back to school. And here I am talking to the two of you via a laptop and an iPhone. Many, many families in our community have neither, or they have maybe one device and three kids. Um, we are discovering a digital equity gap that is extraordinary. We're gonna see more things like that as the fall continues. And yet people say to me all the time, oh, Christine, you, you take 2000 calls a day of people needing help and you, you take so many requests, isn't it discouraging? I have to tell you, it's the exact opposite. First of all, it's a privilege to be the place that folks can come. And because of the amazing listeners to your podcast, corporations, donors, volunteers in this community, we're responding. So if your listeners can do anything, please, please continue to give of your dollars as you can. But even more importantly, please continue to give in any way you can of your, of your time and of your heart. It's a pleasure to have you on our podcast. It's a pleasure to get your 60,000 foot view of everything that's been going on, um, both in front of the scenes and behind the scenes. Um, and hopefully we've given everybody who's listening a, a couple of um, things to think about, a couple of ways to, to think about giving back um, and, and helping our community in this time of need. Oh, Jim and Laura, thank you so much. It really, it's an honor to be at this table. Thank you. So we always talk about one cool thing we've seen this past week um, when we record these episodes. And one cool thing that I got to experience is I trained for six weeks to become a CASA volunteer with Denver CASA. And usually the classes I've been told have between eight to 10 potential volunteers. And our class was one of 47. The fact that more people are able to participate in things that may feel overwhelming because they can now get training on a Zoom call versus having to be in person. So one cool thing that's coming out of um, the coronavirus for me was seeing how many more CASA volunteers there will be because of this. That's awesome. Probably a good call to action too for anyone listening. If you are looking for a way to give back, becoming a court appointed special advocate volunteer is one way to do so. So. Thanks for listening. You can find us on goodandgrounded.com, on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell your friends, share our stories. If you hear of another good story that needs to be shared, let us know, drop us a line, subscribe, share, and let's do some good in our Colorado communities.